Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kawan Saluja. Our first reading comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go, Step 1. We admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. There are many different versions of the first step for recovering codependence. Some of us admit powerlessness over alcohol or another's alcoholism. Some of us admit powerlessness over people, some over the impact of growing up in an alcoholic family. Um, definitely another person's alcoholism, um, people. I think that's something that's uh, good to know. And definitely growing up in a dysfunctional family. One of the most significant words in the first step is the word we. Yeah, something I missed, uh, you know, frequently just because, um, you know, up until that point, I felt that I could only rely on myself. We come together because of a common problem. And in the common together, we find a common solution. And uh, this has been the only way. Through the fellowship of 12-step programs, many of us discovered that although we may have felt alone in our pain, others have experienced a similar suffering. And now many are joining hands in a similar recovery. We, a significant part of recovery, a shared experience, a shared strength, stronger for the sharing, a shared hope for better lives and relationships. Today, I will be grateful for the many people across the world who call themselves recovering codependents, Help me know that each time one of us takes a step forward, we pull the entire group forward. And that has been one of the, uh, you know, in these really tough times with all the, you know, all the Zoom meetings and all all this kind of stuff. And just generally just like communication, like WhatsApp and stuff. I mean, I know that technology can be bad, but it's just been great to be able to be greatly helped in helping other people and, and other people helping me really from across the world. Um which helps because it's a we program. The next reading also comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go, and the topic is clearing the slate. One of the greatest gifts we can give is an open, loving heart. And holding on to negative feelings from past relationships is our greatest barrier to that gift. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's it feels heavy. And when some of these um, negative feelings are released, you know, my life does, in fact, get lighter, but, um, you know, it's, it's not an on and off switch. Back to the reading. Most of us have had relationships that have ended. When we examine these relationships, we need to clear the emotional state. Are we holding on to anger or resentments? By the way, this is a good question to answer for myself. Are we still feeling victimized? Are we living with self-defeating beliefs that may be attached to these relationships? Women can't be trusted. Bosses use people. There's so... There's no such thing as a good relationship. You know, I was thinking about that slogan, stick with the winners. And I think one thing is to have compassion from victims, but stay far away from them. Um, because I hear, I hear this kind of stuff a lot. And need to, back to the reading, let go of all that may be blocking your relationships today. Yeah, because, you know, that hurts my relationships with the people that I have today in my life, which are the most important, not some perceived things in the past. Back to the reading. With great certainty, we can know that old feelings and self-defeating beliefs will block us today from giving and getting the love we desire. We can clear the slate of the past. It begins with awareness, honesty, and openness. The process is complete when we reach a state of acceptance and peace toward all from our past. Today, I will begin the process of letting go of all self-defeating feelings and beliefs connected to past relationships. I will clear my slate so I'm free to love and be loved. 
The next reading comes from ACA Strengthening My Recovery, and the topic is PTSD and survival. The memory contains PTSD elements of fear, threat to survival, and feeling alone, perhaps destitute. PTSD elements of fear, threat to survival, and feeling alone. Many of us experience the trauma of being left alone for hours, having to feed ourselves, and to do whatever else was necessary to survive. I didn't go through that, but I know what they're getting at here. Definitely have PTSD. We ate what we could find, even if it was half rotten. We wore what was there, even if it wasn't clean. Had holes and didn't fit. We were desperately afraid we were neglected, and we didn't know if we would survive. We suffer from PTSD just as sure as if we were raised in a war zone. As a result, we often developed addictions directly related to what we experienced. If we didn't have enough food, we may have developed an eating disorder. If we didn't have enough to wear, we may have become a compulsive shopper or a shoplifter. If we were terrified of being alone, we may have learned to manipulate others to keep them around. I think I was afraid to spend money and afraid to have help, so I almost became an anorexic in those areas. In ACA, we discovered the laundry list traits, the survival behaviors we developed as a way of coping with our childhood trauma. As we continue to learn more, we use this knowledge to begin to take care of ourselves in a healthy way. We make a commitment that even if we feel overwhelmed, we will not abandon ourselves and our program, which reminds me I need to get back in there. We know recovery is possible in ACA because we see it in others. On this day, if I reach outside myself for an unhealthy solution, I will remember to reach inside me for the experience, strength, and hope the program gives me. And the final reading comes also from ACA Strengthening My Recovery, and the topic is Actor versus Reactor. This book will truly move you from a place of reactor to actor in life. As said in many 12-step programs, it works if you work it. Big Red Book, page 12. I also like someone said, it works if you practice it. As children, most of us learn to be reactive as a survival mechanism. Yep, that hypervigilance, um, you know, two different worlds, one when an authority figure is there and one when an authority figure is not. And it's kind of carried over, you know, into my adult life. And uh, starting to realize that none of these people are actually authority figures. Um, a higher power doesn't have to be an authority figure. Could be. Or it could just be a higher power. If we didn't jump to it without questioning, we were usually punished. We, were, we learned to be defensive, often having to explain even the smallest of our actions. We reacted out of fear and did what was necessary to avoid getting into trouble. And yeah, and that's, I think, a lot where the avoidance comes from, is to avoid getting into trouble. You know, m- more mistakes of omission than commission. And mistakes of commission, it's called learning, in, uh, you know, when you come from a healthy background. Back to the reading. As adults, this conditioning may have an upside. Maybe we're the ones who react quickly to a crisis and save the day. But we also might be ones who react quickly to answer someone's intrusive question, later realizing it wasn't their business. Then we berate ourselves for being so stupid, or maybe we're the ones who blurt out something inappropriate because something triggered us. Yeah, I had this experience with uh, someone a couple days ago that I knew deep down I didn't need to have an interaction with because he was, gave off the tone of condescension and... I did berate myself and just got to realize that's the disease. That's not me. Just to let that go. ACA's big red book was written to help us uncover and understand the roots of our dysfunctions. We learned that we carry around a critical inner parent 
And I'm conflicted here. This inner parent, I don't know if it's trying to protect me or if it's an interject or what it is. That causes us to react in ways we're no longer comfortable with. As we work the program to silence the critical voice, we feel calmer. We learn to stop, question, and decide what our role is and should be rather than jump to conclusions. I'll just reread that. We learn to stop, kind of like take rest, question and decide what a role is and should be rather than jump to conclusions. So it doesn't have to be an action, doesn't have to be an avoiding. Sometimes it's just lie down. Gradually, we become the actors who think for ourselves and the critical voice fades. That's great hope there. On this day, I will take time to read from the Big Red Book to help me further silence the critical voice that may still cause me to be reactive. And that concludes today's readings for Recovering My Inner Child. Um, before I go to the sign-off, I just highly want to rec- recommend something I heard on Tim Ferriss' podcast on internal family systems. Um, you know, and I'd love to learn more about it. It was just, uh, I think it really has a great potential for trauma and really was a nice experience, introduction to me about it. It was something I've been hearing. Until next time, this is Kawan Saluja reminding myself to pause because that's where God is. That rest sometimes is the best gift that you can give to yourself. To love myself and the importance of feeling your feelings because there is no healing without feeling. Not thinking. <laughs>